Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk Live. We are so glad to get to be here with you. You know, I was sitting here walking, watching that intro thinking, wow, look at my head. Look at my hair, because I'm so vain. Yes, so we're here. Thank you. You probably, you probably think this show is about you. <laughs> I do. It's all about me. No, actually, today our show is about volunteerism, and we have Stephanie Kelsey with us. So, Stephanie, it's really, really great to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Us too. Well, before we get started, I'm sure my my esteemed husband will have some words to jump in here with as well. <laughs> uh, um, I do want to say that those of you who've been following us for any amount of time know that we don't tend to use the word volunteer uh, because we abuse volunteers in the church. And we like to think in terms of servants, that that's uh, you, uh, something we give to from our heart, not just because we have to. Uh, and often, especially those in leadership, we call unpaid staff because that is how we how we treat them. So, but we've already told Oh, hang, on, oh. hang on. I want to add it. It is. It's also for me, at least, not so much about the um, abuse. We abuse our our volunteers. I've I've regularly said those of you who've been around have seen it in print and other places that um, ministry is too darn important to put in the hands of mere volunteers. The volunteers give tend to give out of their excess. Oh, I have time for this. But if Aunt Mid shows up and or someone has to go for a nail appointment they're they're um uh, they're volunteering something goes hey i can't be there this sunday or i can't be there tuesday night whatever and it's actually stephanie's going to address some of that i'm excited about yeah. that yes, um, yes, yes. but that the, the reality is folks is that um that's that it's ministry is too important to put in the hands of mere volunteers because eternities lie in the balance here and so we don't really need church volunteers, what we need are people who are committed to ministry um, in every position. They, they're committed to the body of Christ and to the mission and the vision and to the values of the church. Now, with that said, we also know that we cannot change the uh, language of the whole United States and all the churches. <laughs> right, not yet. And we've already told Stephanie, please don't change your language. But those of you, again, who know us know that we are on a mission to uh, make churches um, more effective and sustainable, and uh, also, well, that's so that they can be part of, of changing the world, because goodness knows. All right, so my husband, are you ready to jump in here? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's, let's, let's talk about volunteerism. Okay, so Stephanie, I mean, one of the first questions I hear over and over again is how do you get volunteers to uh, sign up and then stay on course? Yes, that is such a good one. And I think um, in, even in reverse, what you were saying about volunteer and isn't it always not so much the word, but what you're putting behind the word. 
So not only from the volunteers perspective, since that is what most churches call it, um, that the volunteer may come with a certain mind uh, understanding, certain perspective, and the mind shift needs to happen for those of us that are on staff, for those of us that are leading the churches in how we address volunteers, how we cast the vision and all of those things. So um, yeah, I think as far as um, getting those volunteers, them staying the course, it has so much to do with their passion being there. I feel like there's many times we ask for a sign up for something and we're not prepared. I've had many, cause I've been a volunteer for most of my church life. And um, yeah, I would show up and I'm willing to give my time. I'm willing and wanting to be there and the leader's not organized. And I'm standing around for a half an hour with nothing to do and twiddling my thumbs. And I start thinking, what needs to be done? What can I do? How can I jump in and help? But yeah, without that organization, without that like intentionality, without the, the either the staff or the unpaid staff that's leading that thing, without them being organized, without them being ready, hey, Aunt Susie might be waiting for me. I'm heading out the door. <laughs> so letting you know, really making sure that we are valuing their time, that we are valuing what they are showing up to do. And my, my, the work that I do, the work that I have done, I know people want to be seen. They want to be known. They want to be understood. They want to be loved. They don't want to show up and be a number. They don't want to show up to do your agenda. They want to be a part of a team. They want to matter. They want to be loved on. So sometimes we get so busy as church staff, unpaid staff, that the people that are leading the volunteers that show up are not investing the time that is really needed in the care and the heart of the people. And we're just wanting a task to get done. So that's probably the first thing that I would say in keeping volunteers is love on them. Let them know that they matter. Let them know that what they're doing is, like you said, Bill, it is kingdom. There are major things going on here. This is not just a small little thing that's insignificant. You know, and when I think about volunteers, a, a volunteer, when they volunteer, there's two kind of volunteers. There's the volunteers who volunteer because um, the, the church has asked for them and they're good people. They know there's a need and so they step up. They have no real passion for it, but they're nice people, good people. And, and God knows the churches, we depend on those kind of people to just please somebody show up. Uh, but then there's the other kind of volunteers, the, the volunteers that we really, and we need both, but there are volunteers that we really need. And those are the volunteers are the ones that they, they're volunteering because they want to make a difference, because they have some passion around whatever it is they're volunteering for, and they're going to go the extra mile, or they're willing to go the extra mile if you allow them to, if you, as you say, Stephanie, if you're prepared for them. And, and so 
One of the keys in my um, experience is that, as you say, make sure that you're whoever the, the leader of this ministry um, that's going to coordinate with the, the volunteers, that make sure that they understand what their job is, including mm-hmm. that they're a leader, not a doer. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in yeah. and the leader didn't know how to lead. They, they didn't know how to direct the, the I, I watched that a, uh, a volunteer leader was trying to set up a Christmas event. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, she had recruited a bunch of volunteers, but she had no idea how to delegate. And so someone said, what do you want me to do? And she was like, well, I don't know. I've got to get these tablecloths. And she was doing the tablecloths and she was doing oh, the decorations yeah. and all the, all, they were all watching. Yeah. And it, she, the volunteers, like you said, oh, Susie's waiting. I think I'm going to see Susie because I'm yeah. wasting my time here. People don't want to waste their time. No, no. They let them do, you lead and help direct people if you're in that role and let let everybody else, because I would rather be doing something with my hands because I showed up to do something. <laughs> Yes. yes. And really one, so one of the things that, cause you're, I hear you talking a lot about the different type of volunteer, the one that maybe shows up and is just kind of ready to take action and do the doing. But then, so I had a leadership team that were those kind of key volunteers that are staff. They are, I mean, they are in it wholeheartedly. And I would gather that team in my home once a month Mm -hmm. and we would have meals together. We would laugh together. We played card games or dice games. Sometimes we even did one time, which the, the, uh, the team loved it. We did a version of speed dating, but it was speed friendship where I had like all these questions (laughs) pre-prepared and they would just go and change seats over and over to get to know each person even if they knew them already there were questions that they didn't think to ask before and they got to know them better and when your key team when that that volunteer staff team when they they wanted to be a part of coming to my house and hanging out once a month so even that being a part of we're family, we're connected, I love you, I know you, I'm praying for you and your family. And they are the ones that are leading the church. I am not doing all the work because if I did all the work, it, I was in a mega church is where I was serving at that time. Um, but if I did all the work, I'd fail because I don't have the capacity to lead hundreds of volunteers or thousands of congregation members. I can't do that, but I can pour into, in this case, it was a key group of about 20 people. And of course, if you're in a smaller church, you might have one or two people that you're working with that's leading, you know, some bigger things. But, um, but also even having that, because these, these are diehard people, like, they're going to show up. I know I can count on them. But even so, I still need to really respect that they need time off, that they have different seasons that go on in their families. And I don't want them to think, I don't care about that. 
And so always just making space for them that they, it, it is volunteering. It is their free time. Many of them had full-time jobs that they had on top of what I was asking of them. And so just really caring about them, I think is so, so vital and important. And when we don't take the time to get to know them, we don't care what's going on in their family. We don't care why they're stepping out. It's an annoyance to us because now we've got to find someone else to do the job. So keeping our heart in a place of really caring and um, knowing them, I think is so key to keeping great volunteers. Stephanie, you're, 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 what you're describing sounds like church. We don't want to do church. We want people to just do what they, the job, and then, then so we don't have to care. We don't have to. We don't have to open our home. We don't. I mean, that's work. Why would I want to do that? Well, you know, I think sometimes we forget that that's the job. That that's why yes. we're in. We're in this for the kingdom work and it is about relationships chris yeah but we want people in there that are passionate about whatever it is their job is right and mm -hmm. that's that's a role it's not just a job it's not just a position it's a role that you play that's part of that part of that bigger whole um bigger yeah whole w-h-o-l-e mm -hmm. uh and i think about those smaller churches and you know medium-sized churches that they're not pastored by leaders right and yes pastors we need to make sure we know what our giftings are and uh and so we don't even know how to mobilize the people around us and it's so much easier to be able to say oh we don't have any volunteers well yeah, yeah. because right yeah so how how we're mobilizing but that passion what we're excited about and then getting people on board with us. Yes, and creating that family feel because that's a place of belonging. So if we don't, and I I mean, again, I've, I'm 50, I've been at a number of churches. We've lived in South Africa, Nebraska, Texas, multiple places, you know, Texas is like its own country. So multiple places in Texas and, and it, it is not uncommon in my experience for the leader that is on staff to not care about me, but want a job to get done. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, which really brings us to question number two, which is, you know, how do we keep volunteers from burning out because we see that a lot it's like i'm tired i'm, I'm you know and I, i'm done and and sometimes they're done forever sometimes they're done for a small amount of time but how do we keep them from burning out so that we can keep them fresh in the ministry yeah i think there's there's place for so much balance in this question because um i've been at a church where the insistence on training was too much, like an overtraining, asking you to go through things over and over. And just because the church tweaked a training, they want all the leaders to go through it again. And it just kept happening again and again. And instead of trusting those that have been there and kind of know the DNA and move forward, just it ends up being very cumbersome. If we're gonna make the job so cumbersome when again 
you, we have to realize as staff, these people have lives. <laughs> they have full-time jobs, they have families, they have littles, they, like there's all, all kinds of situations going on that we have to be aware that we cannot be asking of our volunteers way too much. And then there's the other flip side of that where there's not training and they don't know what they're doing and there's not good guidance. And so I, I feel like a lot of my experience has been over control where there's too much control instead of like that key, again, that key person, that key servant, that key volunteer or that staff member whoever is leading the charge for that thing. If, if control to try to get the job done is the way that we're gonna approach it, we're gonna lose people again. Like it's just not gonna be exciting to be around this kind of a leader. So where, where, what do you need to bring guidance and where can you allow them to have autonomy? Where can you allow the people showing up to be able to show up as themselves, to be able to give you input as a leader? Are you allowing space for that? Because a lot of times the volunteers could help you run the ministry so much better than what you're seeing because those higher level leaders and those higher level like staff members and stuff, you have so many balls in the air and there's so much on your plate and there's so many things that you're doing that this one niche, this one little place is not gonna have your full attention. But you talk to a, I mean, if, if leaders would have talked to me when I was in the volunteer roles, I would have a list of things, but I don't wanna be rude and I don't wanna make it sound like they don't know what they're doing. And so I, I stand back and I just do it the way that they're asking me to do it. But I guarantee you have volunteers that are showing up at any level of volunteer. And if you will allow that, which I'm kind of getting into our next question a little bit of that collaboration, if you will allow collaboration and to hear back, you're still going to be touching on the guiding, the key, why are we here? What's the overarching thing that we're doing here? And that will stay, that won't change, but you will want to give them some input. Again, that speaks into them being seen, being understood, being known, all those first things I talked about being loved, like you want to be seen. So um, finding those places, not overtaxing them with training, good communication, those things really help a lot. Not, this is a huge one. Don't avoid issues. Say more. When, when you are a leader that's afraid to confront a situation, and when I say confront, I usually think of it different than I feel like most people because people are so afraid of confrontation. I don't mean like confrontation, like we're gonna get in a fight here. I mean that you just need to deal with something that maybe you have a volunteer showing up that makes everybody else not want to be around them. It could yes. be a confrontation that's anything like they need to bath 
because no one wants to stand near them because they haven't learned good hygiene. It could be like that. It could be like somebody is showing up and taking charge and trying to boss other people around. It could, um, it could be uh, somebody showing up and they have a word from God for everybody all the time, every time. And everybody else is like, oh, avoid, stay away. <laughs> and so, you know, there's so many little things that come up because we're messy people. We just are. We're messy people. A leader that will not take care of those things, it leaves the rest of the team feeling like, this is not a safe place. This is not a safe leader. They will not take care of things when it comes up. And they just want to hope all of us will suffer through it and be fine. Oh. And I, I've, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You, please, please, please. Oh, I was just going to say, as an example, um, I knew of a group that would meet together. Um, it was a larger group and a certain guy would come and was looking very strongly for a spouse. And it made it uncomfortable for the single women that would show up. And without confronting this, without confronting this guy, the poor guy, I mean, yeah, he was the spouse. There's nothing wrong with wanting that. But <laughs> Uh, without me addressing that or without taking care of that, you make it that pretty soon the ladies stop coming. For the sake of not confronting one person, you can dismantle a whole group. So it's so important for people to feel safe and they feel safe when there's a strong leader that will take care of issues that arise. So, and what I found is that when you have an issue, whatever kind of issue, all the energy goes there and it sucks the energy from the, you know, from what you're doing. It totally diverts the, the vision, the purpose, what, what you're trying to do, uh, to do there. Another uh, piece to that as well, um, you're talking about training. I didn't become a Christian until I was 22. And when uh, I became a Christian, my pastor, I had, I had, um, I had indicated an interest in working with youth and children and out of my own experiences. And I don't know, I'd probably been there about a month or so. And he put me into a Sunday school classroom. And this is a church that had like 40 people on good Sundays. They average about 25, maybe. And uh, so he puts me in there with May Pittner. There were two girls, third and fourth grade in that classroom, but she mentored me into that. And then every training opportunity that the denomination offered at different levels, he made sure I got there. And, and at that age, I didn't drive even. And he made sure I got there. He made sure the church paid for that. And so he gave me lots of different experiences, but mm. that whole piece. So that four months later, I started a youth group that had more kids in it than we had in the church. Uh, so that, that kind of opportunity and yeah. being able to, yeah, to come down, uh, to come there. You know, one of the things I do in working with groups or when I was pastoring was I love meeting around round tables as possible. And yeah. Every, see everybody very easily and and what I would say is I'll I bring vision and I'm going to put this out there but it always comes with what do you think 
you know, what are you feeling about that? Mm -hmm. People then put their input in there. But once an idea is on the table, it doesn't belong to us anymore. It now belongs to the Holy Spirit. So if I'm going to put an idea out of there, I totally separate it from myself. And we let that out there and we let the spirit take it to where it is. And it's so much better than what I could ever dream of from what I put out there and from what I would have dreamt of with, with the whole of our group. It, it is that permission. I love that. Yeah. 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 That is so good. I, I also like to remember, um, and I've shared this many times um, in different places that I've led, to remember that um, just kind of with the guiding but not controlling how Jesus was with his disciples. And, you know, if Stephanie was Jesus, which, you know, thank the Lord, I'm not, that um, I don't know that I would trust the 12 after I was crucified and like everybody scatters and runs and like, I don't know, it, I don't know that most churches today, I think very few churches today would send the 12 out because they're not trained enough. They're not ready enough. They don't know enough like all the things. So as a leader, because we can tend towards control as leaders so fast and easily, I continue to bring that back to the forefront. Jesus said, go and tell. <laughs> that was it. We didn't get a format. Oh, it has to be a house church. Oh, it has to be a brick and mortar church. Oh, it has to be this. Oh, it has to be that. Like all the rules we like to put around Christianity, around church, around what something has to look like. I just keep going back to man, somehow just God knows that he's going to be with us and that we're going to make a mess. We are. Every single one of us, myself included, I'm messy. I'm messy. I say things wrong at times. I get frustrated. Like I'm messy. So, but Jesus said, go and tell. And sometimes we overcomplicate and we overtrain and we overworry and we're so protective because of what? What's going to happen? Is God not big enough? Was Jesus wrong to say go and tell to his disciples? Like really when we bring it back down to watching how Jesus walked on this earth with the open-handedness that he walked with the love that he showed, he I, I don't know that he got mad at anybody other than us religious people. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. truth Stephanie, we're about out of time. And I and oh, in, in this conversation, one of the great things that you know I think our our listeners, watchers have have been able to hear and see is that you have a lot of passion about relationships and a lot of passion about, you know, being seen and whatnot. And so I know that um, you don't make your living as a volunteer coordinator. You you have other gifts and talents and uh, services to offer. Share with, with us what it is that you do, what you bring to the table. Yes, I feel like my life of ministry started this way, and it's been so fun to see how God orchestrates things in our lives. 
to bring me from a 200 person church that just, I've always been a person. I, I'm the long lunch lady, like go with friends or family. And I could spend three hours at lunch, just like diving into life, going deep, loving people. I love it. I love it. Chris, are you like that too? Am I so am? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> yes. Well, you're doing good with that today. <laughs> so really like coaching, mentoring, it's just been a very natural practice in my life, my whole life. And uh, so I'm a life coach now, relationship life coach. I love focusing on relationship. People love getting coached on losing weight and making money and all these things, which are fabulous. But I just feel like it, you can do all those things. But if your relationships are not in a good, healthy place, you're still miserable. And so I love all things relationship, marriages, your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself, fa those family hard dynamics. I love that stuff. I'm not afraid of confrontation. So, so that's what I do now. And you can find me at stephkelsey.com is my website. Coach Steph Kelsey is my YouTube channel. I give fun little tips on there if you're not ready for a one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and yeah, Instagram, Facebook, also coach Steph Kelsey, you can find me in all those places. So that's what I love to do. Awesome Steph. It's been wonderful. And all that information will be down in the description, um, when this gets published outside of the live version. So anyway, Stephanie, thank you for being, spending time with us, sharing with us. It's been great and uh, wonderful information. Folks, volunteers are the backbone of your church treat them right recruit them right let them do their job if you put them in a position trust them let yes. them go follow up with them build a relationship with them we are out of time it's on the half hour thanks for being with you see you next week